Hi, you've reached 1-800-PODCASTS with Nikki, Lauren, and Carly. We're away from the phone right now, but the hotline is always open. Leave us a message and ask us about your podcast. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I have an existing business, but it doesn't share the same name of my podcast. So I'm wondering if I need to set up a new LLC in the name of my podcast. Excited to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, I actually am excited to hear the answer to this one because mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Lauren? Well, okay, this like brings in, a, I'm like thinking a couple things through on this question. So the first thing is I would ask you, are the service, is your podcast related to your existing business? Do you want to keep them kind of within this, like within the same entity? Because maybe those they're they're driving one another. If they're related and your podcast just has a separate name, I want you to consider trademarking your podcast name. I want you to consider that as a brand that stands alone. Um, you can also file it as a doing business as. So you keep your existing entity, but you are actually doing business as also an additional entity name. And so you're basically telling your state that those two kind of brand names are related and tie that back to your original entity. If you're like, actually, this is like really like building like a passion project. It's unrelated to my other business or maybe it's related, but like the income sources are going to look really different. You know, maybe that there is like some nice overlap, but it's not, you really want to treat it as something different. Or I've always said, if you have like a business partner in your business, but they're not in the podcast with you, you would want to consider that a separate entity. Go ahead, file another entity. Um, But what's actually getting me thinking is that starting January 1st of 2024, there is the Corporate Transparency Act, which is actually going to be a federal mandate across the country for every new and existing entity that is going to have to file with the federal government to talk to be more transparent, key on Corporate Transparency Act, that's that phrase, um, on who are the beneficial owners of each entity. They're trying to really uncover who has influence on the entity's decisions and who is benefiting from the way that those they're making those decisions. Um, yeah. So it's hmm. actually, so everyone who's an existing entity, you have one year to file for all new entities that file after January 1st, you actually have 30 days. So you can actually drop us a line at guide my business co. We are addressing this. So you, we are actually going to have a newsletter on it because in good federal government, you know, uh, you know, true, you know, the true federal government, they haven't released the forms yet. They haven't really been transparent on how exactly they want us to file all of this. So we're, we're, you know, we're staying tuned. We're trying to keep an eye on that. Um, but it's something I want you to be aware of because if you're considering filing a new entity, if you file it in the new year, you have 30 days and I'm, I'm not joking. The penalties are hefty. Really? $10,000. What? Mind blown. This is crazy. We have a whole blog on the on the website about it. Oh my god. We're gonna be giving more information in the newsletter as we continue to learn more and like learn about the process of filing. Um, but this is like big news. It's a big I have a follow up big change. Go for it. So like just say you're married, right? Yeah. Would a marital situation have to like like would your spouse you'd have to expose like that your spouse is like influential Um, in the business? So 
I feel like in a closely held business, I think spouses are really probably going to come into play. Again, we're still kind of learning more. We're, we're doing the due diligence to really understand their definition of beneficial owner. Um, but I would say, yeah, like if you, if, you know, we know how a lot of businesses work, if they're making substantial decisions, it's even going into like the types of employees, you're kind of more executive level employees in your, in, in your business. Like they have a lot of control, even though they may not actually be owners, you know, they might be considered a beneficial owner. So stay tuned. We're going to have more information on that. But I love a good entity separation for your different businesses when they're, when they don't completely, um, complement one another, when the services and the customers are unique, when the liabilities are unique, I think it's time to create separation. I'm an example of that. You are an, ex- an exact yeah. Yeah. example of that. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like it's really nice to have a couple of entities, um, to protect yourself. You're basically creating separate, smaller buckets of liability and, you're filing an entity as opposed to being a sole proprietor because you're actually moving that per- from personal liability into an entity. So now you're removing the personal the personal liability into an entity and then when you further subdivide into new entities for those different business ideas, you're making those buckets smaller. So I think it's a really great idea. I think having the mindset of running your podcast like a business is something we talk about in depth in the course. Trademarking and really owning your brand we talk about in depth in the course. Those are all really wonderful things. Um, and so you're definitely thinking of the right questions here. I yeah. think if go down that road. If you're serious about your podcast and you like really want to go all in, treat it as a business from the get-go, especially if it's intended to be a funnel for your business. Yeah. Because it's just... It's going to be a game changer for you. You're going to show up differently. You're going to have all the legal stuff set up and ironed out. I have a question. So I'm I'm just thinking about how like I set up both of my businesses. Like the studios is separate from the Good Vibe Media, which is a service based indi- like uh, agency for video production. And I did that with a few things in mind, but one of them was like, what is my like long term exit plan? Like I could sell one. For and a retain the other. But my question is, and I actually like don't never thought about this until now, is like if you're treating your podcast like a business, is there a way to exit your business or sell it or um, exit your podcast and sell it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wait, someone, I need to know about this. I know somebody who just did that. It's like buying like a mm-hmm. company who has like a big email list. It's like it's literally oh. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. Okay. Think about it. We need it. to do an episode on this. Oh, yeah. my God. We, we <laughs> will. We'll, stay we'll, tuned. We'll stay, stay tuned for more information. And we actually cover a little bit of this. We cover a lot of this in the course. And, yeah, that's Because true. I really do believe in, like, building your business to be an asset, not just an income stream. And we, a lot of our businesses, if we really dug deep, are are really ripe to be sold. A podcast is a great example of a really incredible asset because it's just rich. It's all intellectual property assets. All of it. And so that's why in the course we go into depth about talking about all of the IP that makes up your podcast. And if you're protecting it, then by doing those proper protections, it makes it easier to sell because you have your ducks in a row. And so the, you have your intellectual property has more value when it's registered. Your, your intellectual property has more value when you've actually identified everything that is IP and actually have a full understanding.